Cheers. Cheers. It's another great week, guys. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Let's take a step. And I just to an amazing say, I know, client. I <laughs> That's good. So this beautiful 12-year-old McCallum, which happens to be James Bond's favorite, which makes it even more special to me, has been brought to you by a really nice client of ours who we're not even finished the case and brought it for us, and that's really wonderful. So thank you very much. That was very generous. One and of very our favorite clients. Me. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's really wonderful. So, so uh, Dee, take it away. This is going to be an interesting episode. So, you know, obviously a lot's been going on with the Johnny Depp and yeah. Amber Heard trial, which I, I note right away, if you look at the reviews on what happened each day, it, what you hear depends on whether you're listening to Team Johnny or Team Amber. Yeah. So it's almost like the Twilight movies with like their, uh, is it the Team Edward or Team Jacob? <laughs> it's like I'm going to take your word for it. All right. Yeah. Well, I was subjected to it because my daughter made me actually, uh, she made me read the books and I made her listen to me read them out loud. It was really hilarious, actually. <laughs> that sounds but like a murder-suicide It was almost but, okay. as painful as the Johnny Depp trial. And one of the big questions that people were asking is, why is he doing this? Because a lot of bad stuff's coming out about Johnny Depp that's not necessarily good for him. And it's a defamation suit, and he's got specific things in a defamation suit that he has to prove that aren't related to whether or not Amber Heard is a good person or not. So Let me just structure this in one way. So this is really interesting because you see two people with deep pockets. So these are people with a lot of money uh, who are able to battle this out now in the public eye. And it all started where, uh, you know, Amber Heard had this uh, op-ed in the Washington Post. Washington Post. And then... Um, Ghost written by the ACLU. Right. Isn't that interesting? Um, and, you know, Johnny Depp had sued originally the uh, British tabloid The Sun, lost that one for liable. Now is suing her. But we're seeing... what What's very interesting for a phenomenon is so many people that we represent who are wrongly accused have no avenue of recourse after they win their trial, right? Mm -hmm. Now, these now Johnny Depp was never charged. These are allegations that have never gone through the proper due process uh, of, a, of a criminal trial. This has all been about money. Um, and now you have two people with a lot of money. And reputation. And reputation, and to fight it out. So that's really interesting. And I'll just say this, I've been following there's been some great coverage from it's an interesting site, ADHD Sophia. She's a UK um, podcaster who has uh, posted a number of her own things, but has done an excellent job of following very interesting clips from the trial, including sourcing out other clips of information on both litigants, in particular Amber Heard, like one of them, Amber Heard beats her sister on video. ADHD Sophia. And I have to say, I've been enthralled by this. She's done a great job of putting together really interesting clips to get insight into who these people are, which goes back to your question, why the f*** are they doing this? Right. So uh, one of the clips that I managed to watch, actually, Johnny Depp said something along the lines of he has an obsession for or a passion for the truth. Right. So he wanted, he felt he compelled to do this because he wanted the public to know the truth about what was really going on in the relationship. And you were just talking about, um, you know, something that you came across as a result of this. I kind of went back in time because of the the reciprocal violence in this relationship. It is very clear from the evidence of both 
that there was violence on the parts of or whether it be just verbal or physical or whatever yeah let's define that so so there's harm which could be verbal physical psychological Mm -hmm. and there was testimony by an expert on domestic violence or whatever he was say or whatever because she was talking in a lot of terminology that's advocacy uh, is not very neutral it was very advocacy based always believe right. kind of thing her, but, her being her, uh, amber heard side called this psychologist because right. she's got to counteract some psychology that was brought forward by johnny depp and so on um but uh but it got me thinking about um uh, this uh, he's canadian actually donald dutton he has this amazing book called rethinking domestic violence and there is a long history of of uh, academic research, peer-reviewed, high-quality research that says that most violence in domestic situations is reciprocal. And interestingly, one of the um, women, Erin Pitsy, who started the first battered women's shelter in the UK, came to realize that you could get these women out of these situations, they'll go right back in, or they'll take somebody non-violent and make them violent because it's their way of life. They're confrontational. And so unless you address women's violence, then you can't actually solve the domestic violence problem because it's part of the whole package, right? So I think this is a great opportunity with this case to really look at the nature of reciprocal violence because we go to court and if our guy says, no, she actually beat me up on this day, mm-hmm. right? Like I've heard a story of somebody being whipped with a hose by because women tend to use weapons more often, right? And, until he was just like crying and snot coming out of his face and, and sitting in a closet hiding right and just like wanting to die and there's almost no shelters for men and if you talk about this in court you get laughed at there's one in canada yeah in in toronto you know long a long time there was one in edmonton i think before but it got shut down and now there's one in toronto yeah i mean i I don't want to digress but a long time ago i was on the cornwall public inquiry about sexual abuse in in cornwall and there was a, a great organization that came forward the men's group and we're building a, a shelter for men and there's there literally was nowhere for men to go if they're living in Outside violence. of homeless shelters. And, 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 and what's important about what you say is that there is a, um, not just a reciprocal, but a, 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 give a, a, a very unhealthy dynamic where both are involved and we see this commonly. It's not just one or the other. Mm-hmm. Like that's like- The majority fact, is reciprocal. And that's a fact that does not get accepted in family court or criminal court. Interestingly, when it's one directional, according to the research, when it's one directional, it's most often the woman who's violent. And try and you, explain that to the criminal court. When system. you have like a gay male couple, there's or less. The, family court. The, the least amount of domestic violence is gay male couples. The highest amount of domestic violence is uh, lesbians. Oh, really? The more women you get I don't involved, the more violence there is. Uh, oh. I believe it's heterosexual couples. With a high conflict divorce. Well, we're talking about like a lower percentage of, of cases to study. But yeah, I mean, it's anyway, really interesting. That, that's yeah. the report. <laughs> so it should never be surprising if women engage in violence. Or, no. or, the bed. defecating on the bed. <laughs> that was an interesting one. Sorry. Hey? That was one of the that highlights. Was a highlight. She the bed. And yeah. No, I and then went to Coachella? Mm-hmm. It wasn't when she came back. That would make more sense, but uh, yeah, no, that seemed like a very odd detail. You know, there's 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 shit that goes back and forth. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Heard accuses Depp of sexual assault, and I got to tell you, you know, Johnny Depp is an actor who I have 
you know, really loved as an actor for years. And, you know, my kids grew up on watching Pirates of the Caribbean. My son, Jack, was named by my other two children, Jack, because of Jack Sparrow. Really? Yeah, it's kind of funny. So pick, a, pick a name. I mean, I always like Jack. Um, so my youngest is named Jack. And, um, but, you know, my two other uh, children, Ben and Rachel, I said, you know, give me a name. And they go, Jack, Jack Sparrow. And so it's a character we always loved. And he's, he's, he's had some brilliant acting parts. I've watched tons of his movies. I don't know Miss Hurd's too much because I didn't care much for Aquaman, even though I do like Jason Momoa. But um, the sh that comes out here is terrible. You know, allegations of sexual assault. You know, the text messages. Th they're not good. Remember, you read about them? Well, so, you know, at the beginning of the trial, you're hearing about all the stuff coming out in Johnny Depp's cross-examination. Right, because he's the course, first one to hit the stand. Yeah. You know, I've got something from the Daily Mail from the, the UK trial where all the focus is, like, because it was leaked to the Daily Mail, they got exclusive access up front to the audio tapes of Amber Heard's confessions. Right. Right. So he, they both got audio on each other. And i got to say, this isn't the only case I've seen like this. If you get in a relationship where you're recording each other surreptitiously, yeah, why are you still there? That's, uh, <laughs> it is so absurd to me that you would stay in a relationship flag. where you're so untrusting and you're so toxic to each other that you're recording each other. It's insane. Absolutely crazy. Though I've had you know several clients who, after certain incidents, have recorded themselves, you know, scratches on their faces and stuff like that. Uh, just in case something would ever happen, uh, and it came in quite useful eventually. You know, let's reflect on this a little bit. So, you know, Depp previously texted about Hurd's rotting corpse. Okay, so this That's was pretty bad. Text. This was a bomb. Okay, yeah. but let's put this into perspective. Okay, so there's one text. Hopefully. Uh, C blank rotting corpse is decomposing in the F trunk of a Honda Civic. During cross examination, Depp said he is not proud of any of the language that I used in the explicit text. And Why a Honda it, Civic? That seemed pretty random. Yeah, it's a good car. It's, it's very dependable. <laughs> um, not my first choice, but um, oh, I know. But this is so important to understand human nature. Right, because we face in criminal trials text messages that are used against an accused to try and create an admission or a confession or you give an apology like that stupid prosecutor in that case we had recently in uh, a certain jurisdiction in Ontario where she's saying, why would you ever apologize? Without, without detailing every right. single thing that, uh, that you think she contributed to the situation. Right, you, you should, like, why would you apologize? You, you should be setting out there everything she did that was wrong or led you to believe X, Y, and Z, which is so awful. But, you know, you realize that in the heat of the moment, when people's emotions are high, when maybe one or two or both are abused, and it's, a, it's an awful situation, you say shit you don't mean. Right? You really do. And so when he says, I regret it and not proud of the language I used, that's maybe born out of pain, not out of truth, right? Doesn't really wish that her corpse is rotting in the back of a Honda Civic. Maybe well, Mercedes. Well, but, he <laughs> well, but, but it's, it's, it's cathartic in the sense to write and you're expressing your pain. I know. And, and this is something that we don't grasp well. I think we've said this before in some podcasts. 
our grasp of psychology and how it implays, you know, how it's part of these uh, trials is not really well understood, right? We just assume they mean everything they say and therefore the person's guilty or they're threatening. And it's not true. Well, not, not only that, it's um, to make the leap from, you know, colorful, well, you know, understatement, colorful language to uh, that would indicate some level of propensity on his behalf to engage in physical violence, right? Uh, or Does vice, one lead vice to the versa. Other? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. there's kind of this. Well, there's some audio of him um, going and locking himself in the bathroom because he's trying desperately trying to avoid any sort of physical um, assault against himself. And he, he could feel things escalating, so he locks himself in the bathroom. I remember seeing somebody, it's like, don't open the bathroom door, Johnny. <laughs> well, but you know what's <laughs> That's what interesting I mean by here... like Team Johnny and Team Amber is yeah. like the, the commentary you get is. So, but you know, an interesting drop here. So you learn a lot about these people's background and how it impacts their emotions and their responses. You know, so Depp and his sister testified about an abusive childhood. I know, right? that's that, very interesting. That trauma... At the hands of the mother. Right. How that trauma impacts their perception and their processing of the dynamic which is going on in that relationship and how they respond to it. Well, it can also right? cause you to seek out people like the abusive parent. Very true. Very, very true. Yeah, pretty complex. And it's sad. But, you know, I think there's, you know, when you look at these bombs, which they describe, you know, the tabloid and all the, the reporting on this, um, You know, it's sad. When you when you get down to it, you know, these are two people we see on the screen or in TV and, you know, we love what they're doing and everybody's lives are painful. And clearly he had a painful life prior to becoming, you know, the star that he is um, and how that impacts uh, his perception of this is very important I mean, it's not an excuse if he actually engaged in violence, but, no, no. but well, on no, the other but... hand, the background's mm -hmm. important to understand how he could end up putting up with a situation like this. Or his messaging. Like, you know, we, we, we so often, you know, sanitize a trial. We so often vilify an abuser without thinking about what's behind it. So now we've gotten, I'm going to really digress now, but now we talk about, you know, we can have an offender of, of uh, who's black. And we talk about systemic uh, and historical structural racism and how that impacts into the offending and how we deal with sentencing, right? Okay, so let's look at how people interact in a domestic violence situation and how they may be sending messages back and forth and one of them is sending something with more vitriol and anger and stuff. But does their history, some structural violence in their past by a parent or other party have an impact on how they're responding to the trauma they're receiving. And then how do we read that in criminal court and do such a job of understanding what that really means, right? I mean, all too often we've seen in cross-examinations of our clients who, again, apologize or say certain things in text message, it means you're guilty. It may just be an expression of their own pain that's rooted somewhere else. And I, you know, I feel for both these and plus parties. Some people are just not confrontational. They're very agreeable people. And so they, they tend to, to not want to defend themselves. I mean, in Johnny Depp's case, to be clear, he's, he denies ever physically harming her at all. 
he's not disputing that he, he was verbally, right. verbally abusive. Yeah. And that's one of the things actually that I found intriguing with Amber Hep, uh, Amber Heard's expert at the beginning was that she was making a case that, that verbal uh, abuse is violence. Mm. And, and I think we need to be really careful about what we classify as violence. There can certainly be a lot of psychological damage. Yeah. But unless it's combined with something else, I mean, words are, words are, if you equate them with violence, I think we're in serious trouble. What do you think? Well, yeah, there's, you know. Let's discuss this. It's, I, it's a great issue. The, I, you know, the issue for us, I guess, is that there's always kind of concept creep, right? So yeah. what starts in the kind of social sciences and that kind of aspect, defining things as violence, uh, so, you know, apparently often, silence is violence, right? But don't get me going on that. Often, uh, eventually leads to, um, you know, changes in and in interpretations in the criminal code, right? In, in criminal law. So, for example, you know, once upon a time we had, uh, you know, the criminal offense of, of, of rape, right? And that was, uh, you know, through the kind of feminist movement and social justice aspect the notion of distinguishing between uh, rape and sexual assault got blurred to the point where it's just sexual assault for everything for everything I so i remember saying before we should bring back rape and then the person had to clarify because it was on the radio as a charge <laughs> <laughs> right so uh you know and i'm not i'm not saying that that's not a good uh aspect but of course obviously you yeah know, so you know the difference if somebody's charged with sexual assault it's a, it's not actually a rape <laughs> correct no, it, unless they're charged it, with rape right now it could be that's no exactly. we have a judgment coming up in a case where there is a inappropriate touching of a breast allegedly um and that is a sexual assault yeah and a full push down on a bed and choke a person and force intercourse is a sexual assault Right, and they both Same end charge. up on the sexual offenders registry, right. and their criminal record check will both come back as exactly sexual assault, as though um, you know they're in the same. So, uh, I'm simply, you know, I'm I'm saying that this, you know, violence, uh, oral violence, oral violence, oral violence, <laughs> concept. verbal, say verbal violence. <laughs> All right, if you want, if you want to sanitize <laughs> it that so way. so cheeky. Uh, the verbal. I work on a lot of cases, so my mind travels. Yeah, yours. Okay, so verbal violence. So right now, it's just this kind of discussion about that, right? And, you know, th there is a specific, you know, in the criminal code, there's a specific offense that is threats, right? You can't actually threaten somebody. That's, but that's different than verbal violence, and uh, you know we should be very concerned with um you know concept creep of verbal violence being integrated in the criminal justice system uh which could possibly happen no, if we don't ward against this it. is a great point that we're talking about so where you have verbal violence mm -hmm. and they term it violence it takes on a whole different connotation yeah. and i don't disagree that words can harm but there is a different quality to using words to denigrate somebody or to intimidate them versus striking them. Mm -hmm. And we have to be very careful 
not to uh, create the uh, or, or eliminate the line between them. And we see this happening here. And, and this is a, a, a wonderful study of what we see going on with our criminal justice system and this whole movement. And poor, this is a lawsuit that he was never charged. You know, he's accused of sexual assault, physical assault, harassment, etc. No charges. There's never been due process. He wants to stay in court. Right. So when we talk about all the bad things to come out, I mean, Johnny Depp shows off his healed, mangled finger from Australia after uh, filming Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tale. He may have suffered that assault, right? Well, his finger was definitely cut off. It's just an issue of how. Right. But I mean, but, you know, but here we are talking about two people now in court battling out who did what to who, right? right? But it's an interesting study, frankly, of how... And where we've come with this type of allegation, I, I, I just think this is such a, a, an interesting study of humanity now and how, how far we've come and how, how sad it is. Well, for all the focus on the things that Johnny Depp may have texted to various people about wanting to see her dead and so on, I mean... He's venting. There's also audio tape of, of Amber Heard, exclusive. Yeah. Back in 2020, it's not exclusive anymore, but... I can't promise I won't get physical again. I get so mad I lose it. Listen as Amber Heard admits to hitting ex-husband Johnny Depp and pelting him with pots, pans, and vases. In yeah, but he was a wimp. He should have just taken fashion. it. And there's like there's one bit where you know he says, you punched me. And she goes, I didn't punch you, I hit you. And he goes, don't tell me what it feels like to be punched. I know what it feels right, like. Right, but the concept is a man should not complain about it. Right. Right? He's a wimp. Like, you shouldn't complain about it. Well, and we've seen our clients be mocked by prosecutors uh, in court when they say that, that they were being hit by somebody and they just backed away. There's like, you wouldn't just back away from that. They actually challenged them, like, you'd be a toxic man. You would actually That's hit her right. back. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They would use that stereotype against men to show that they're violent and women are not. And uh, and there's no way that a man would let a woman hit him without him hitting her back again. Absolutely. So That's if Johnny so Jet, false. So if Johnny Depp testifies and says, "I just took this," how's that believable? When in fact he may have showed restraint and respect for her and not done that. And I I, I feel look I have to say like I have remor I, I have not rem I, you know I feel for both of them, but I you know Johnny Depp clearly was at at you know he's doing I think in this trial. And his, his team is doing a good job of showing there's three sides to every story, right? And we know that, you know, you know the, the defendant in this case doesn't come to this trial with clean hands. Right. There's the thing Very few like, do. And how pernicious that bullshit op-ed was and how pernicious the, the propaganda... And not even that, written by her. Right. And but, times to be released on Aquaman, you know, publicity but, things... But ACLU called it her ad. Oh, God. Amber's ad. But the danger, the perniciousness of this type of vitriol here, the, the, and, and this type of writing and where we've come, I, I, maybe I'm not expressing myself well enough, but when I say it's a sad comment on where we've come, that writing an op-ed about the abuse that you suffered um, without naming the person, without due process, uh, is so damaging to the other party resulting in, you know, an annihilation of a career 
Um, and, and, then, and then there's no redress for that. We just accept it as truth. And then you have to have this million dollar trial, multi, multi, multi million dollar trial, where they can actually afford it to show that, you know, in fact, one has trauma from, from his past history as a child. It's impacted how he got into this relationship, how he interacted in the relationship, how he received violence. Like, this is terrible. Well, here's something from the And we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be in 2020. Huh, look, Heard. there's so much bad going on, Heard. but we shouldn't be here. An ambassador for women's rights and outspoken domestic violence advocate taunts Johnny Depp for fleeing the late night dust up, telling him, you're such a baby. Grow the f*** up, Johnny. This is her taunting him for like actually trying to get out of a... a who, who said that? That was Amber Heard saying that, grow the f*** up. You're such a baby because he didn't want to have a confrontation with her. Or get, get injured or get hit or, or whatever. Yeah, God forbid a man should, should want to remove himself from that situation. Right. And if you do, you won't be believed in court. That's the problem. Yeah. But this is not good for either of them. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I think I think Johnny Depp is like uh, apparently his forensic analysis uh, uh, account said that he lost forty million dollars, and so I think he just wants to get even. You know, I don't think for with all. I, I don't think Johnny Depp is worried about money so much in this case. I I, I think no. this is not about money. I think this no, is about reclaiming his it. reputation. And if nothing else, he's going to admit his demons. He's going to admit what he did wrong. He flatly denies under oath that he ever struck her or any woman. Uh, he denies he ever headbutted her or that he ever uh, inflicted injuries on her. And he he vehemently disagreed with the statement that he intentionally headbutted her, arguing it could have been an accident while he attempted to restrain her. And all this may be true because there was only one side in this op-ed that didn't name him where you can get away with that and he can lose his his role with Disney and he can lose all sorts of aspects of his career and now he's at least he's at least creating a narrative where it will be more balanced and understood but I think we need we need to be more compassionate we need to be not so judgmental and we need to be not on one side or the other but understand where somebody's pain and trauma comes from how they react to it and how this impacted both of them well, there's something, something I remember watching with him that I thought was really interesting. It has to do with how little people understand the law. Um, it was quite a funny moment. People he, really don't He, was, get he it. was asked how they spent her birthday. And I, I think it was like 2015 or something like that. And he goes, we had a dinner party and we invited a number of people. One of our friends is a chef. And so he asked Amber what she wanted to have that night. And he goes, oh... That, he's a very slow speaker. <laughs> he goes, that's hearsay. I'm learning. <laughs> By the way, I just want to interrupt for one second. If uh, anybody has any questions about our podcast, please email us at notonrecord at gmail.com. So we take questions. Is it Not On Record Podcast? Not On Record Podcast. My wife didn't quite type it out correctly. Um, I love you. Okay, so what we're going to, it is not on record podcast at gmail.com. Is it okay if I say it with the British accent? Oh, don't All right, so me. not on record no, podcast no, 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 at no. gmail.com. We're not ready for the So please do send us your questions because we love them. We do get questions and we really like that. And if you like this podcast, you should do something. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, subscribe. You like, subscribe. Share, and if you're on give Apple, a review. you give her a review. Yeah. 
I think we got it covered now. I hope, you know, something comes from this, whether there's a verdict in Depp's favor or not, that there is a better... Discussion, a public discussion. A better dialogue about what domestic violence is and what its ideology and what the symptoms are and how people deal with it and a better understanding of these pieces of evidence that are used in cases. I mean, I think this is... I think this has tremendous value. So, like, I mean, it's funny, Johnny Depp laughing about, oh, I'm learning about what hearsay is and so on, because people do need to understand the rules of evidence a lot better. I gotta say, he's a funny and and adept witness. I I, I like him, yeah. But but if I... I For some reason, my mind flashed back to Sir Bob Geldof. (laughs) Nicely done. Make the most of it there. (laughs) Uh, Sir Bob Geldof, when he was trying to get access to his children... Yeah. I don't like said that he, said that he was told not to cry in court because he wouldn't be, you know, viewed the same. And that even though it was his children and as a father, he missed his children desperately. He was told not to cry in court because it would have a negative effect on his trial. And the way men are perceived in, in the way they give evidence, I think, is we need to really think about that. And our expectations of men, given that we call them toxic you know, with masculinity itself is toxic. And uh, we want them to be sensitive people. But as soon as a man is sensitive in court, they're not believed. It's changing. We're getting there. And we're doing a good job to change that. Cheers. Good night, guys. Good night. Love you. Let's be safe out there.